Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Um, got a lot to talk about today, so, um, you know, go ahead and probably get into things. Boy, I am hot as shit right now. <laughs> so, yeah, if you see a lot of uh, perspiration on the face, um, yep, that's just sweat. Nothing more, nothing less. So... We'll try to uh, maneuver our way through this as best we can, and let's see. All right, so first topic of the day. Oh yeah, and always be you know be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, go buy a shirt. God damn it, please. Fucking a magnet, something for fuck's sake. I mean, you know I'm I'm. God damn, my levels are way off on this one. Hello, there we go. I mean, buy a magnet, buy a shirt, buy something. Help a brother out. God dang. All right. So let's go ahead and just kick things off with a bang. <laughs> hey, yo. Will Smith, uh, rep denies claims he had sex with Dwayne Martin. Now, you know, between us girls, uh, do not have much of a clue on who Dwayne Martin is. But I will say, uh, if you haven't heard about this, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so allegedly and i will stress allegedly will smith was caught by i guess his former assistant a fellow by the name of brother Bilal, which okay um but apparently brother Bilal walked in on <laughs> the fresh prince himself getting murdered <laughs> <laughs> by Dwayne Martin, who I think is also an actor. Which, now look, apparently a bunch of people, uh, it, no one believes this, apparently. I might be the only one standing on this hill that this for sure happened. <laughs> I already, the fact that they're both actors, tilts the scales one way in my mind. I'm not saying all actors are out here murdering slash getting murdered um but i do think it's a lot more likely like if the kinsey scale is real and uh, if if that's a, if that's a, a real thing which i don't know psychologically genetically whatever whether that's real or not and if you don't know what the kinsey scale is alfred kinsey was like a um i believe like a biologist who kind of like specialized in sex studies and, I mean, I'm obviously butchering, like, the history of Alfred Kinsey, which, who gives a fuck? Um, Alfred Kinsey came up with this scale, basically saying that, like, sexuality is a spectrum, and that, er, you know, there's really no just gay or straight, there's a spectrum of, like, 1 to 11, I think. In my mind, if you're an actor, you're probably starting out at a 3. <laughs> like, that's your baseline. So... It's entire and just knowing the history of Will Smith, especially over the past say five or six years. Oh, it's believable. I mean, he's been getting fucked by, <laughs> he's been getting murdered by his own wife for the past uh, what 15, 20 years. <laughs> I mean, he's been taking it up the old back door by uh, little that little kid uh, Jada for a while, and. I'll be honest, if this was almost any other person, I would have a lot of sympathy for him. But fuck Will Smith. Fuck him, his family, 
fuck his his husband, fuck his kids. Um, he sucks. Like that whole family just sucks so bad. He a hundred percent. I look. I mean, I am a chronic gambler, which you know, if you give up one thing, you usually will replace it with another. Some people give up, uh, you know, one bad habit and replace it with and become addicted to exercising. I did not. <laughs> I went and channeled all of my fun time into gambling. And uh, if I were, I don't know what the over-under is on whether this is true or not, but I'm definitely betting, uh, like, I would guess it's probably a solid plus 5,000, if I had to guess. And I'd put 100 on it, for sure. I, like, it's it just seems real. <laughs> like, it, well, actually, it seems really fake. But then the more you think about it, the more you're like, God, man. He might have actually been getting murdered. <laughs> Which, using the phrase, I've never heard somebody <laughs> refer to anal sex as uh, being murdered. Um, <laughs> but I'm definitely using that for the rest of my life. And yeah, Will Smith seems like the type of guy who would get murdered. I mean, he's been letting pretty much everyone else do it to him. So you might as well let old uh, Dwayne Martin do it to him as well. Holy shit. But apparently, uh, for once, uh, his husband has his back. And Jada Pinkett Smith is saying, uh, like, we're suing. And this didn't happen. Which, (laughs) basically hinting that, like, if anyone, (laughs) if anyone is going to fuck my husband in the ass... It's going to be me, damn it. <laughs> oh, boy. So, here's a... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. God damn, poor Will. That motherfucker should have stayed in West Philadelphia where he was born and raised. I mean... Yeah, this is not good. It's crazy. Will Smith won the very first rap Grammy. Like, like part of me thinks, like, there is a side to Will Smith that wants to be, like, you know, there's the whole thing of, like, Jada Pinkett Smith really just wanted to be married to Tupac, and then, well, that didn't work out, so she ended up with, um, you know, Will Smith. There's a side to me that thinks that Will Smith could be... Actually, you know what? I used to think that Will Smith actually had, like, a side in him. Actually, until just about a half a second ago, I thought that Will Smith had a side to him that is like a badass motherfucker. And that he just like presses it down because, you know, he wants to be able to stay in Hollywood and make movies. Then I just remembered that there is a video of Will Smith getting kissed on a red carpet. A guy like leans in and kisses him. And Will Smith kind of gives him, like, this little, like, baby slap. (laughs) He's basically being, like, sassy to the guy and saying, like, oh, how dare you slap me. Like, (laughs) you know, one, you know, I don't know. Something about that registers is maybe, like, Will Smith is living a double life. Uh, 
Because if you were really upset that someone kissed you because you weren't, because you aren't in fact gay, I feel like you would either just say something to them, like, hey, why would the fuck would you do that? Or you would knock the shit out of them. You definitely wouldn't just give them this little, like, ugh, <laughs> which is what he did to the guy. I wish I had the video pulled up. I would play it. I'll probably just play it at some point. But, yeah, he just gives him, like, this little, like, <laughs> little slap. And is like, then it kind of comes out like, man, what the fuck are you doing? But we saw that slap at first. And we've seen what kind of slap Will Smith does, you know, when he really is angry. Which also kind of leads me to believe that he may not have been that angry that that guy kissed him. Because Will Smith angry and putting on a show of like, I'm actually angry. It's a pretty big slap. But Will Smith, like, kind of being slightly playful and coy. It's a little bit of a... So, huh. I mean, I'm no, I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but I believe I'm on to something. Oh, well, Will Smith's probably gay, so, you know. I mean, congratulations if you are. You should not be ashamed of it. Not that there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> oh, ding, 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 ding. All right. So, let's move on. Next topic. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, this is wild. Um, so, there was in Las Vegas a housekeeping Olympics where players mop, vacuum, and make beds at an annual uh, Vegas competition. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to um, give it away on what country won, <laughs> but I think it's pretty obvious. I think uh, this uh, this nice lady right here, let me zoom in. We can just kind of get like a little bit of a look at. Well, let's just keep zooming, fuck it. This lady right here definitely seems to have uh, mastered the art. <laughs> Boy, I, I mean, you know, like, I wonder if they drug test. Like, if instead of doing, like a like a piss test for, um, you know, steroids, they may just make them do like a twenty three and me, and find out like what percentage of them is <laughs> from a certain area, <laughs> and like you can't be over like seventy five percent, you know. Well, you can think of the country in your mind or countries in your head, but like. Yeah, making him do like a <laughs> a twenty three and me for that. Oh boy, I probably shouldn't have said that. Um, anyways, I would have loved to have seen this, but judging by that picture, there isn't a single motherfucker in the crowd. Which, what a shock! Just like there won't be anyone going to that fucking Formula One, which someone's damn near already pulled a final destination at that Formula One bullshit that they're doing in Vegas, uh, where the damn manhole cover started to come loose. <laughs> Boy, I mean, they were. So if you don't know, I didn't fucking pull up anything about this. It's just something I read about not that long ago. But like, they're doing a Formula One race, I guess, in the middle of goddamn Las Vegas, which seems like not a great idea. But. For that, um, you know, they're just having them race on like an actual fucking street, Fremont Street, I think, isn't? I think that's the street. I mean, it's obviously going all around it, but oh fuck me. Um, and 
apparently one of the cars, um, this Ferrari, was going pretty fast, Go went over a manhole cover, and the lid, which a manhole cover lid, it's got to weigh like 100 pounds. I mean, I don't know for sure how much a manhole cover weighs, but damn, I mean, they're, I mean, it's heavy, heavy. And it like apparently loosened up and came up and just fucked his car up. Had one or two more cars gone over that lid, that fucker's flying. <laughs> and just taking out an entire fucking group of, you know, South Korean tourists. Not good. Uh, anyways, you know, things are different in Las Vegas. Housekeeping Olympics and, <laughs> I mean, a fucking Formula One race just down like, one of the most crammed, busy stretches of road, probably in the country. Great. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next topic. Holy fuck! Let me zoom in on this one just a sh- fucking smidge. Um, so uh, Academy Award winner slash fucking nut job, Jared Leto. I guess in order to promote a 30 Seconds to Mars album tour or something, decided to climb the Empire State Building. Let me tell you something. I know that slander is, like, I think a crime. So, I gotta probably be a little careful with this. But Jared Leto is, supposedly, running an underage sex cult in the middle of a, basically in a hollowed out mountain in California. Where, again, allegedly, but not really, but allegedly, um, the girls of questionable legal age refer to him as the Messiah and everyone wears like white robes and Jared Leto has basically been trying to pretend like he's Jesus fucking Christ for a long time has not aged at all which also seems questionable Uh, yeah and is now climbing the the Empire State Building to promote a tour that I at one point in my life I became dangerously close to joining uh, the Echelon, as it is known. So the 30 Seconds of Mars fan, the fans are called, referred to as the Echelon, which is already creepy as fuck. Um, a lot of them have like the little matching triangle tattoos, all that bullshit. I remember being, like I remember kind of seeing a girl who was a massive 30 Seconds to Mars fan. Basic, I mean, legitimately obsessed with Jared Leto. And I had never really listened to 30 Seconds to Mars and just kind of thought the whole fucking thing was silly. That she had the fucking triangle tattoo on her forearm and all she goddamn talked about was Jared Leto. And so I basically would just shit on Jared Leto relentlessly, which, you know, probably is why I'm referring to her in the past tense. <laughs> <coughs> Fuck me. So, 
I remember just all that shit happening. And then relationship over. I mean, whatever little bit of a relationship there was over. And I remember thinking like, uh, one night I was like, you know, I'm going to fucking listen to 30 Seconds of Mars and see what the fuck is going on with this. It took about three songs for me to be like, holy shit. <laughs> I am, uh oh. And then I just kept going and kept going and kept going. And before I know it, I listened to every one of their songs probably three or four times. It literally stayed up the entire night listening to 30 Seconds of Mars, watching videos of like them live, and was, oh boy. I was, I, the claws were were sunk in, and it was not good. So, you know, Jared Leto should be watched, is all I'm saying. He did not deserve to win that Oscar, but, you know, of course he's going to win that one. Um, I mean, he's not a good actor. Jared Leto is a horrible actor. I've never seen him in a movie where I was like, oh, thank God Jared Leto's in this instead of, you know, a real actor. I remember I used to, I did used to watch My So-Called Life, which is probably going to be one of the most upsetting things that I've said on here, which says a lot, I think. And all I remember is that he played a dude named Jordan who couldn't read but was in high school. And that shit is hilarious to me. <laughs> so... And that was in, like, I think the early 90s. And somehow he looked kind of older then than he does now. Now, like, he's like he's starting to kind of look like Jennifer Aniston, which is odd. It's just... Uh, the only way that this would have actually been cool is if he would have jumped off the fucking top. And I'm saying, no shoot, nothing. Just swan dove off the top of this thing. Show everyone how fucking Christ-like you are, you piece of shit. Fuck Jared Leto. Fuck 30 Seconds to Mars. Although their music is really goddamn good. Holy shit. I'm probably going to end up listening to it now. It's like... I swear their music is like... You know, there's people who think that a lot of the rock stars in the 60s were making music that was designed to like a basically destroy the anti-war movement. Boy, that's a whole conspiracy that is, I mean, I don't know. I'll probably have to save that for another day. But it, it exists. There's a, theory, a massive conspiracy about that. I do believe in some ways that 30 Seconds to Mars' music is made in a lab. Not like a, you know, like Dr. Dre lab, but like an actual, like, CIA... Um, what's it called? Like an MK Ultra lab. Well, I mean, the purpose of it, I have no, have, I've still yet to figure out, but I do believe that it's real. So that's not good. All right, moving on. Okay, all right. this is gonna be the last time I mention this bullshit, but I just had to because it's seems to be the end of it, and it is kind of a just hilarious in some ways. Bianca Sensori flees to family in Australia to escape controlling Kanye West. Well, you know, I don't know uh, how any of us could have seen that coming. But let me tell you something. From what little I know about the country slash continent of Australia is that it, j it seems to be a little fucking terrifying. And for you to be like I feel unsafe around Kanye West. I'm going to flee to an island that has the most dangerous animals in the world 
and Australians. Um, boy, Kanye must be a real fucking monster. <laughs> I mean, oh my god, if that's like your fucking way of, of handling this is like, yeah, I'm going to go jump into a desert snake pit where the movie, the Mad Max movies are filmed, but also allegedly are supposed to be set in the future. It doesn't seem like it. It kind of seems like that's what Australia is. Like, in 2020. Well, we're in 2023, but, you know, round down. So, boy, he should be looked at, too. Celebrities are fucking weird. I mean, there is, there's got to be something where once you hit a certain level, you must just become a fucking lunatic. Because there's no way that... Like, Jared Leto probably was a nice... Man, no, he wasn't. He was probably a, always a fucking prick. So was Kanye. But Will Will Smith was probably nice at some point. And then look what happened. He's getting, you know, bent over a fucking IKEA sofa. He's <laughs> getting bent over a lazy boy and taken to town. <laughs> oh, poor Will. Alright, last one. Here we go. Retribution, motherfuckers. Uh marijuana uses uh, marijuana use raises risk of heart attack, heart failure, and stroke, new study says. Suck my fucking orduk. So I have been on the train of... I am very much anti-weed. Now, not necessarily... Like, if you want to smoke weed, whatever. That's your fucking thing. Uh, do whatever makes you feel happy, I guess. But also, it's a drug just like anything else. Don't sit here and fucking pretend like, oh, it's medicine or it's helping me in some way. No, it isn't. <clears throat> it's a fucking drug that for most people makes them feel really good, high, and yeah. So that's it. But they think that it's like gonna fucking cure uh, Alzheimer's and shit. It isn't. It's just a fucking drug. No different than alcohol, coke, fucking... I mean, yeah, it's you know, nowhere near as dangerous as like heroin, but it's a fucking drug. I hate... I fucking hate marijuana so much. Like, I'm basically the modern... I'm basically like a human version of the movie Reefer Madness. Like, I... Fuck all that weed propaganda bullshit of it being, like, good. Give me the, like, Reefer Madness. That's what how I think of weed. 100%. It is gonna make you try to fuck my daughter and rob me. <laughs> no but it it's so fucking annoying being around people who are high if you i would a hundred percent so if you were sober all right this is going to be the next poll for sure if you were sober would you rather be around someone who is high or someone who is drunk fucking answer here my, I 100% am picking drunk. No doubt. Because ultimately, I mean, I'm not fucking taking care of your ass. I'm not going to babysit you. So, yeah, I'm just going to kind of watch you come this close to ruining your life. Um, the same way that I would look at, like, uh, a toddler. Like, you watch him and you're like, holy shit, is he about to walk off those fucking stairs? He's not my kid, so fuck it. But, you know, I'm definitely going to watch it and be kind of like, you know, biting my knuckles, waiting to see what happens. That's kind of how I feel about, like, being around drunk adults. 
which drunk adults and two-year-olds are basically the same fucking people. Being around people who are high is so much more annoying. Because at least drunk people are saying stupid shit, but they know it's stupid. High people say really stupid shit, but think that they are unlocking the secrets of the universe. That they have become basically fucking Socrates. When in reality, they're just saying... They're just saying dumb shit. Like, you know... Like, all that, like, idea of, like, high thoughts and shit. Like, oh, what what animals are in zoos in Africa? Cats and dogs? It's basically like a bunch of Stephen Wright jokes coming out of somebody's mouth who... God damn, it is, it is just so fucking annoying. That whole weed culture, weed everything. Like, it's so... It becomes all people... It becomes your identity so fast. And it is hilarious. Like, drinking does not. I mean, yeah, obviously in some people it's like, oh yeah, they're an alcoholic. But like, people who drink, even like heavy drinkers, don't just sit around talking about alcohol. Unless they're like the fucking douchebags that are into like microbreweries and shit like that. And like craft beers. Okay, that's different too. That that group of people is damn near just as annoying as, uh, you know, potheads. But still, there's just no group of people more annoying on this planet to me than a fucking pothead. Like, you you sound stupid all the time. You don't want to do anything. It really is like that commercial where, like, the girl is sitting on the couch and she's just flattened into the couch. <laughs> and they're like, she never wants to do anything with me anymore. Like, the, I think it's like the dog looking at her. And it's like, whenever I was a kid, I was like, Jesus, they really, like... They kind of make weeds seem kind of fun. Because I'll be honest, melting into a couch sounds like... Like my version of fucking heaven. And then you try weed and you're like, I ain't what the fuck this did. <laughs> All it did was make me like really suspicious of like everything I've ever said to anyone. And then spiral into a massive fucking paranoid panic attack. It's like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, drinking a, you know, an 18 pack of natural lights has never done that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking with that. Like, it is... God. So, maybe you motherfuckers will learn your lesson and just quit smoking weed. Because, boy, is it really just such a fucking annoying thing. Alright, anyways. So, that'll do it for the old uh, news of the day. I'm going to take a little break. Um, and then, uh, got some... Uh, I mean, I almost called it fan questions, but um, that doesn't seem like the right word. <laughs> questions is right. It's the first word of the movie. So we'll just say maybe viewer questions. Viewer mail. Something like that. Referring to anyone as being... Anyone who th there's no way there's anyone who's a fucking fan of this. Um, which, you know, is understandable. All right, so take a break, and then we'll do some uh, some questions from the audience. All right. Uh... All right, so got some people who have uh, sent in some questions, some topics they'd like me to discuss, questions they'd like me to answer. And if you have any, you know, send them to the email, thecodytuckershow at gmail.com. 
You can direct message me on Instagram at the Cody Tucker, whatever the fuck, whichever way is easier for you. Um, yeah, if you have any like topic suggestions, need some advice, any of that kind of stuff, hit me up and uh, have it answered on the old show. So I'm gonna go through a few that I got um, for this week. Some good, some are ba- uh, <laughs> some are some pretty good questions. Some are like, what the fuck you want to know that for? Uh, so we're gonna start with one of those actually. From R. Ray All Day, uh, question, why is everybody in Norway so happy? It's cold as fuck. Well, Ray All Day, to answer your question, everyone in Norway is not happy. Um, so I saw this and I was like, is that a thing that people in Norway are happy? Oh boy, they are not. <laughs> the, uh, you know, unaliving oneself rate in Norway is real high. And I don't know if that is because it's cold, because in general. So cold, people who grew up grow up in the cold tend to either be one of two groups. They either tend to be tough as shit, like, Boston, like Bostonians. People who grow up in Boston, Buffalo, New York, um, fucking all of Russia, uh, Finland. Like they seem like they're like, that's a tough, those are tough motherfuckers for sure. But then there's also the... Canadian, uh, Swedish, Norwegian, where you're like, y'all are just like kind of weird. Like all this cold weather has made your brains just make you like weird fucking people. Canadians are weird. So, I mean, I will say this for the rest of my life. Um, Canadians, it's like America. It's like, um, a through the looking glass version of America. It like, it looks like America, and if you were just looking, like it seems like the fucking U.S. But then when you actually like hear someone talk or see the shit they do, you're like, "Well, that's fucking weird. That's odd that you'll do that. That's odd that you'll talk like that. Like it's just slightly turned. Like the weird knob is just slightly turned on. Like it's not full on, you know, Japan where you're like, "Oh my god, this is." This can't be real. <laughs> like, there is no way that you're living like this. Like, it's not like that. It's just slightly... It's like a fever dream of the U.S. And that's kind of how I feel about Norway as well. Um, so, I, you know, R. Ray all day. Uh, I hate to break it to you, bud, but I don't think Norwegians are happy at all. I think they're just real fucking weird. And then once they hit about 35 years old, they think... I think I've had it with this. And they fucking, you know, put some buckshot through their temple. So, not saying, you know, they should, but, you know. Move to somewhere at least a little warmer. I love the cold weather. I'm a hot, I run real fucking hot. Um, But I would not live in fucking Norway. Norway might be actually one of the last countries I would ever live in. <laughs> and it's probably pretty nice. It doesn't seem like it, though. Like, who the fuck wants to live in goddamn Oslo? In Oslo, I think the capital of Norway. Alright, next question. Hell, fuck me. Alright, so J.R. Strange asks, uh, Cody, why can't we get rid of daylight savings? I'm with you, sister. Oh my god. Let me, look. I, I have tried for years 
every time the old daylight savings kicks in, I ask myself, why does this exist? Why do we have to go through this bullshit twice a year? Now, the first one is great. Extra hour, like, starts getting dark later. And as much as I am kind of like a cold weather, nighttime person, I do not like it getting dark at 2 o'clock in the fucking afternoon. Which it seems like that hour starts earlier every year. And it doesn't make any sense. So... Every year, I end up with the same feelings. Like, why does this exist? Why do we have daylight savings? What is the point? And I try looking it up, and I will read the same articles over and over and over every year. And I have ne- It seems like the more I try to learn about daylight savings, the less I understand about why it exists. Because I will read one thing where I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Like, I get it. Like, we're trying to do blah, 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 and it counteracts with how there's, you know, not exactly 365 days, leap years, and all this bullshit. And then I'll read one more article because I'll be like, huh, well, that headline's interesting. Read it, and then it just completely erases whatever I just learned in that first article, and now I know nothing about this. So, yeah, uh, J.R. Strange, I'm with you. Get rid of it. I, I mean, like, why... Just, you know, let it get dark at the time it gets dark. Just make a set time and just keep it. No spring forward, no fall back. Just, which I just learned that little fucking tidbit of uh, advice because I never knew which one was which. Um, And, uh, yeah, so spring forward, fall back. And just in time, you know, to kind of finally understand that, they need to just get rid of it, which I thought they were, I thought they did. I thought they voted on this. I thought the government finally did something that was worth a shit and got rid of this thing. And then looked it up because I was like, because we were doing it and I noticed all the clocks changed. I was like, what the fuck? I thought this went away this year. Looked it up. That That's not the case. Apparently, the government does what the government does and gets your hopes up about shit. And then uh, at the last minute says, actually, you know what? This thing that everyone wants, everyone in the fucking country wants, we're actually not going to do it. Um, because we just want to piss people off and make them trust us even less. You know, I don't know. Fucking, I just don't get it. Fuck, fuck daylight savings. All right. So next question. All right. This is from La La Mexicana de Chocolate. Hmm. Do you want to get married one day? Well, easy answer. No. (laughs) Boy, hell no. I am... I mean, it's a girl, so girl, hell no. Um, I... Actually, I don't know. Maybe. You know, if I find somebody who just looks... If I can find somebody looks-wise who's way out of my league... And, you know, doesn't really have a whole lot going up up here. Yeah. I'll marry your ass. Why not? Like, I just, I don't like not being able to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Which, you know, might sound like an asshole thing to say. And people be like, oh, well, yeah, so you must have like a busy, fun life. I don't. <laughs> I don't do anything. I like not being able to, I like that. I like not having to do 
anything. Like, whenever I'm done with this bullshit, I can literally just go right back to bed, put on fucking History Channel, and, you know, rub one out. Probably, actually, reverse those. Rub one out, then watch History Channel. Jeez, I'm not rubbing one out to fucking, <laughs> you know, to Hitler documentaries. Jesus, I'm not fucking, you know. Well, there I'm not naming any names. But anyways, uh, you know, n- not doing that. I'm I'm not Ann Coulter, is what I was going to say. But, um, <laughs> so, or Kanye. Actually works for Kanye, too. Never thought I would put Kanye and Ann Coulter in the same group, you know. In 2005, I don't think that was a thing people were, would ever think they would be doing. Sure are now, though. Um, But anyways. Like, I want to be able to do that. With. And like. Yeah. Am I going to be lonely at times? Probably. Uh, Oh, well. (laughs) I will be lonely. And then I'll remember. Oh, yeah. I could just do anything. Like, I can watch anything. And it's really all it comes down to is move is TV. And and restaurants, because holy fuck, going through that goddamn ch- charade of a fucking of not of no one knowing where the fuck they want to eat that bullshit, which I know that's a tired old thing, but fucking true. It's really just for TV. It's so that I don't have to hear someone ask me every thirty minutes, "What did they say?" or "What just happened?" and then look over and they're not fucking paying attention. Oh, I'm about to throw this fucking phone through the window. And, yeah, just being able to do that is, oh my god, that freedom is so amazing. And I don't think I'm going to give that up for anything. Unless, again, I can find just somebody a million times out of my league who isn't going to give a fuck ever. And I would never cheat on you. I'm not talking about like that kind of shit. I think cheating is the most disgusting thing a fucking person can do. So, yeah, not talking about, like, letting you do anything like that, but, like, never getting, never even getting, like, slightly upset that I'm on my ninth hour of History Channel. (laughs) And then immediately going to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I don't want anyone questioning why I'm doing that. I do what I do because I do it. So... Can't really give you a for sure answer on this. Do I want to get married or not? The uh, 90% no. There's that little 10% sliver where it's like, eh, all right, maybe. And actually, you know what? Probably when I'm like 70, that'll be a time where I'll be like, you know what? If there is out there a 30-year-old that wants to, you know, deal with this, all right, I'll get married. Until then, I'm probably just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Seems pretty fun so far for me. Um, all right. Next one. Aha. From old uh, Navarro. Where do furries come from, and why is it still legal? They should fire them from life. Could not agree more. So I do not know where furries come from. Probably should have looked into this, like where this whole thing... Because this, this seems like a thing that just kind of sprouted... In the last like couple years, but that's probably not true. Because as, which I'm, I'm probably not alone in this. Most people around my age or a little older grew up watching this sh- the program on HBO called Real Sex. Um, 
mostly thinking you were going to be watching like your kit, you know, no, hold on, your version of, you know, pornographic materials. Um, and really what you ended up seeing was, oh boy, uh, <laughs> slivers of society that you never thought you would be seeing, let alone at like 11 years old, which is about the time where I was watching this kind of shit. <laughs> um, and I remember seeing some, some stuff on there that has been burned into my fucking brain for damn near 20 years. One of which was a group of people who their kink, fetish, whatever, is that they go to this farm, this like pasture farm with a barn, stables, and everything, and some people are dressed up like horses, some people are dressed up like uh, cowboys slash cowgirls. And the ones dressed up like horses, and it's all leather. Like, it's not traditional uh, <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's full-on, like, village people cowboy version of cowboys. Um, and they they aren't, like, I mean, they're going for it. Like, it's all, like, if you're if you're a horse... You are in character 24-7. A lot of, you know, neighing. A lot of, like, a lot of that going on. <laughs> and every time they run, basically doing the Monty Python coconut thing, but going like... And that's what they do. And it apparently gets people going. I feel like I kind of remember there being a version of furries, but it was like My Little Pony uh, centered. I think, or there is something like that. There's like a, I mean, there's also people who are like attracted to like steam engines and show up to things dressed up like fucking choo-choo trains. Um, I remember seeing, but I don't know. I don't know where furries come from. I don't, if you dress up like an animal and fuck each other, it's bestiality. I mean, it's playing. It's the same way that like the people who dress up like babies and get their diapers changed and shit. They are really toeing the line between weird and horribly illegal. Uh, <laughs> and furries are kind of in that group. Like, if you're a furry, you know how, like, there are certain people that, like, you grow up around. Like, there, there's, like, some adults that are around. And, like, your parents are like, mm, don't go around them by yourself. <laughs> like I know that's not really how it's done now I don't think but at least like for a long time and I remember there being like people like oh no 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 you don't need to go with them uh, alone <laughs> it's like and when you're a kid you're just like oh okay like that's weird and now I realize oh they might try to fuck me <laughs> um furries are like that but for your pets like <laughs> like you you don't let those people like pet your dogs because well, you know, I don't want to say they're all dog fuckers, but they're all dog fuckers. And yeah, I mean, fired from life, murdered. I mean, I can't call for that, you know? I mean, I think like if it happened, I don't know that I'd be, you know, devastated. Uh, so, you know, 
As far as being legal, I mean, I think damn near anything should be legal as long as you're not hurting anybody. But if there is one group of people that, you know, their thing that isn't really hurting anyone that's legal, should be illegal, it'd be this. Unless you're a fucking high school mascot, you shouldn't be wearing, uh, you know, a dog suit. (laughs) Like, it's just kind of a good rule of thumb. All right, let's see if there's another one. I thought there might be another one. Maybe not. No, that was it. All right. So there's the old uh, questions from the audience. Take another break, play a few videos, and then we'll kick into the the segments. So here. All right, here we go. So got some videos loaded up, a couple to go through, and, uh, well, you know. This is kind of just a, a nice little venture into the the mind of me and um, see what videos kind of tickle my fancy, which it's not good. I mean, <laughs> the more I kind of look at them, I'm like, oh, boy, I have a, um, well, you'll find out, I guess. So here, let's go ahead and start the first one. So the first one, we got a, uh, we got a little uh, cowboy about to get on a bull, sans helmet, uh, which, you know, means one of two things. Uh, not in the U.S., which is going to be probably my first guess. Um, but could also just mean you are one bad motherfucker. <laughs> Lane Frost would be proud, son. Um, so let's just go and see what happens whenever you get on a bull with a, you know, none of that little face protection, helmet, anything like that. Now let me tell you, let's say something. Before this happens, which... Sorry, I had to pause it right there. There isn't, there isn't a figure of money. There's, there's just nothing. There's nothing you could do to get me to do this, ever. Now, granted, I would probably snap this bull's back right in half. <laughs> I would give that fucker scoliosis so quick. But also, like we we aren't supposed to be doing this. It's just. Anyways, let's just let's just see what. And boom, there it is. <laughs> again, let's go again. Boys. Yeah. And if you can't tell by that last little second, he's unconscious whenever he goes out there. Which might mean he might hold on for the full uh, ocho segundos. So let's see. Um, Let's see. Oh, oh yeah, he is out. <laughs> Dolce Sueños, uh, Senor. My God. Boom. Jesus Christ. There is, I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's just insane to me that this is a thing. Boy, I mean, rodeo culture, all that shit is so stupid to me. And I know it's a big thing and, like, you know, but it's like, I mean, it's fucking, it's dress up for rednecks. <laughs> like, like you're, I mean, it is insane. Like, and you, I mean, you're not doing anything that is impressive at all. I mean, I guess riding a bull for eight seconds is kind of impressive, but not really. Cause who cares? Um, and then that's only like a sliver of what's actually in a rodeo. Like if you actually go to one. It's a lot of just, 
this, I mean, it smells like sh absolute sh It smells like shit and dirt, which, you know, not the greatest combination. Anyways, alright, let's go to the second video. I believe this one is going to be... Oh, oh, yeah, here we go. So, this is at a, uh, a Brazilian meat house. Uh... <laughs> yeah, at the meat house. Um... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was what they called fucking... What they call Elton John's vacation house. Um, anyways... There's a Brazilian meat house, uh, a la Fogo de Chao, Texas de Brazil. It doesn't look like either one. As a person who is, well, is highly attracted to any place that offers unlimited any kind of food. Uh, yeah, I've been to my fair share of Fogo de Chao's slash Texas de Brazil's. It doesn't seem to be either one, but, you know, it it's similar setup. This is a bunch of meat. Looks like lamb chops, maybe. Uh, on a skewer, and a fellow's pouring what I guess is some sort of like maybe a white wine, uh, something to do a bit of a standing vertical flambe. Quite a uh, a feat if he can pull it off, and let's just go ahead and see if he does. Well, he's pouring it on there. You can see the flame, and then there it goes. <laughs> well. <laughs> And that'll clear out a restaurant real now, uh, now, you know, judging from this video, there looks like there's about eight people in this restaurant. Hell of a show to present to, uh, you know, less than a dozen people. But, you know, the show must go on. And if anyone knows anything about pouring flammable things onto flames, um... You gotta be real, real careful with that bounce back up. When you, you gotta fucking whip that thing back up, or else you'll get that, you know, that recoil. And boy, did he get it! I mean, look at this. Let's see where he goes. So right there, right there's where he went wrong. He let that flame go up way too high. I mean, you gotta be, you gotta have some, you gotta have some elbow levitation. Elevation, probably not levitation. It'd be pretty difficult to levitate your fucking elbow. Jesus, Cody, you fucking idiot. Um, you gotta have some real uh, elbow elevation on this. Like you can't be holding that spigot right there on top of the goddamn top meat, and then. Yeah, boom, and then he slings it, idiot. <laughs> Oh boy, he turned into a he turned into a damn an X Men, real quick. Like he literally slung fire onto this dude's chest, which makes you wonder if he really just secretly hates this guy. Because one, the guy kind of looks like he works there, but not really. So it's either like his, it's either his boss who's like. You know, we've been getting complaints from customers about your lack of enthusiasm, which, judging by the face on this guy, <laughs> definitely seems to be a bit of a, you know, a lack of enthusiasm. I mean, there isn't a hint of a smile. So either this guy is his boss and is saying, you know, I'm going to need to see a little bit better attitude out of you 
customers are disappointed. I mean, yeah, the flame thing is cool and all, but, you know, you got to liven up this thing. So he's either that or he's just a customer who doesn't want to sit at the table and wants to be part of the show, which is one of the most annoying types of people on the planet. Like when you go to, you know, any kind of like a, uh, you know, Japanese, like kind of Benihana type place, there's always one person who's like talking the whole time and kind of like, a little too much of the show be trying to be part of the show and you every once in a while you just want that fucker to grab that uh to grab that cleaver and just whack that thing right into that damn fucker's forehead this guy might be one of those people so let's actually let's do a little close-up on this and see because if you look i I think he knows that this is gonna happen i don't know maybe not he did kind of look pretty surprised. <laughs> I mean, the only show of emotion from this guy was whenever that thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Well, you know, that's the price you pay when you go to do bullshit like that. All right. So now, last video. I believe this one. This is going to be one that might uh, divide the audience a little. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I'm not even saying I enjoy seeing this. This is more of a um, I'm confused about what's going on type video. So let's go ahead. So what we got here. Oh, God. What we got here is a, a young woman. Pretty fucking attractive, I must say. Being <laughs> held uh, by the wrists uh, from behind. Which... You know, just from that, uh, you know, description so far, you would think, oh, this is going to be pretty nice. Well, there is a guy standing in front of her with boxing gloves on who is either trying to toughen up her abs or uh, is in a state where <laughs> a certain procedure has just become illegal. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure which is which, because, boy, she doesn't seem to be very much of a willing participant to either one. So let's just take a look. I won't play this one a whole lot, because it is kind of actually pretty upsetting now that I'm reliving this. But here, let's just go ahead and watch. I mean, first, th that one. That one right there, kind of. And then, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, he must, they must have been having triplets. My God, that, that three-piece right there is a rough one. I'm actually going to play this quite a bit because it is pretty fucking hilarious now that I'm watching Because, I mean, she is taking them like it's nothing. Like, she's one step away from calling this dude a bitch and, <laughs> and spitting in his face. Which, you know, there's something, like, oddly attractive about this. I mean, he is, you know... I mean, not about punching somebody, but about, like, the woman, like being that fucking tough like she doesn't give a fuck at all which she could just be i mean there's part of me that thinks she is on an insane amount of uh, opiates which i don't want to just like put that on her but you know it does kind of seem that way let's just get that last shot in there because it is a big one boom i mean that is a <laughs> i mean the, this chick i mean god damn Floyd Mayweather, you meant your match. 
<laughs> I mean, a woman who can take a punch, like, that's his kryptonite. <laughs> so, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, that's, you know, that's a good way to end that segment, I guess. Um, <laughs> Alright, so we're going to go ahead and move on to, um, oh, fuck. to the old uh, movie Mount Rushmore. This is going to be a pretty upsetting one, too, I think. Or I keep saying movie Mount Rushmore. To the my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, this is going to be one that I think is going to be... Well... It might be a little upsetting. And I, I'm, you know... Sorry, but not sorry. So, we'll go ahead and go on to that real quick, and then we'll uh, move on. All right, so time for a little Mount, uh, my Mount Rushmore this week. Um, so I've been diving into, I don't know why, maybe a bit of a morbid curiosity or just, I started looking up like what are just like really disturbing movies and was like, let's just see like how fucking disturbing could these movies be? Oh boy. Um, I probably should have never done any of this, but uh, <laughs> I did. And so now I'm going to bring you into that world as well. But in like, you know, kind of a safe way. There's a lot of spoilers in this. So if you care about that, I mean, granted, these movies are all like, I mean, damn near 10 years old. Some even way older than that. Um, So, you know, fuck off if you're really worried about that. But, you know, if also just skip to the next one. Um, So it's going to (laughs) be... These are going to be my Mount Rushmore of movies that will ruin your day. And yeah. <laughs> so let's just go ahead and kick into things. I'm going to try to make this pretty quick because I still got some other shite to do. So first movie, which actually this might be number one on the whole damn list, to be honest, um, is we need to talk about Kevin. So this movie, we need to talk about Kevin, starring uh, Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley, and Ezra Miller is basically kind of a deep a dive into the upbringing of a person of a teenager or of who would eventually become a teenager who murders a bunch of people at his school not like a columbine-esque i mean this is more like i mean this fucker came in with a bow and arrow like robin hood and just started like hawkeye basically and just started taking people out now, it's that scene is pretty disturbing. I'll be honest. That's like towards the end of the movie, pretty disturbing. And the whole movie is basically leading up to that moment where this little fucker decides to just kill the people in his high school, which is goddamn. It's not even that that's the fucked up part. There are so many little scenes in this where you're just like, you feel kind of like sick to your stomach. That's going to be actually pretty common when I'm talking about these next four movies, these next three movies. Um, Boy, this is going to be a real downer. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about this, like I'm going to be talking about this for like 10 minutes. It's going to really probably put this thing to a screeching halt. Oh, well, it's too late to go back now. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's a scene where Ezra Miller gets caught masturbating by his mom. And instead of like, you know, like uh, freaking out like anyone else do, he just stares her right in the eyes while he's jerking off. Boy, that one had me feeling real just ick like i just felt gross um i mean he also kills his sister's pet which i mean you know 
that's pretty commonplace for any psychopath. But then he ends up, you know, well, things don't go well for John C. Riley, And it is, goddamn, the whole movie is just so disturbing. And it makes you just realize that, like, if you have a kid who's a bastard, you need to do something about it. Send that fucker away. Because this kid was a monster from day one. And they didn't do a damn thing about it. Uh Uh-uh. And then it is kind of a bit of a poetic justice that Ezra Miller himself has turned into quite the menace. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, might have taken this role home with them a little too much. Uh, so if anyone working at a an academy sports um, sees Ezra Miller coming in to buy a crossbow, you can't buy a crossbow, can you? I wonder if you can buy it. Eh, anyway. If he comes in there to buy a, a good old compact, um, compound, I mean, maybe, uh, you know, maybe deny him on that one. So, anyways, so there's we need to talk about Kevin. Um it is actually a really good movie. I mean, it's a good, a very good movie. Acting's amazing. I mean, it's it's just, it is a movie I would never watch a second time. Actually, all four of these are movies that I will never watch again. <laughs> so number two, Martyrs. So this is a movie that actually has become like kind of notorious for how fucked up it is. Um... Now, there's a lot of movies that I could have put on this that are in that group of just like they're fucked up just to be fucked up. I tried not to put those on there. I tried to put movies on there that are actually like like well-made movies with like, you know, good acting, have like some kind of meaning behind them. Um, so I didn't put like some of those other ones. Like I'm not putting fucking a, a spoiler alert. That bullshit Serbian film is not on here. Um, God, that one, that's the only movie I've ever turned off. Like, like I stopped watching it and was like, I'm never going to finish this movie because of how fucked up it was. Now, granted, I did end up watching most of it, but I did. I still have not finished the movie and probably never will. Cause fuck that. Um, so this movie martyrs. So it's about a, well, two girls who were kidnapped at a very young age and well, Horrible shit happens to them when they're like little kids. And the girl, the main girl, escapes and runs off or whatever. And she basically makes it her life's mission to hunt down the people who kidnapped her and fucking kill them. Which, an amazing storyline for a movie. And it is like, it is very satisfying those parts of the movie like where she is like really fucking these people up because like yeah i mean obviously you know it's brutal and shit but like revenge movies are awesome to me like my two favorite like kind of sub sub genres of movies are chase movies like no country for old men the fugitive like movies where somebody's being like hunted down and Chase has to like figure out like clever ways to escape the person who's chasing him. Like I love that. I love the like suspense that it built. Like like the Fugitive of No Country for Old Men do it perfect. Like so there's that, but then revenge movies. Like a legit just like somebody fucked up my family or whatever. I'm going to do the most elaborate shit I can do to ruin your life. Uh Death Wish law-abiding citizen um 
the revenant like all those which the revenant is perfect because it kind of blends both because leonardo caprio was in eventually trying to chase down tom hardy but like all of that shit so like revenge movies and kind of chase movies are like my favorite little sub subset of movies and martyrs is like a legit revenge movie where you are boy it is it is it gets intense now why this movie really will kind of fuck you up is towards the end of this movie well things do not go well for the for uh for the young lady and um she ends up strapped to a table and skinned alive and it is one of the most fucking crazy things i've ever seen in a movie where i was like there is no way that that's what's gonna fucking happen right now because i was watching a movie and i was like god this movie's not like i mean yeah it's like blood you know kind of gory and shit like most you know like uh, there's a lot of movies that are in that level and i was like what the fuck like this isn't that crazy of a movie uh, boy do they save it for the end oh my god I'm just saying, if you, I don't know how many people are actually going to be interested by any of this. <laughs> so, I'm halfway thinking about just canning this segment. Um, so, let me just move on, because, holy shit, I'm starting to really second guess this. So, number three is Requiem for a Dream. Talked about Jared Leto earlier. Jared Leto's a piece of shit. This is the only movie where he was, like, somewhat good in it. Um, it pretty much just shows that drug abuse uh, does not work out for anyone. Doesn't work out for Jared Leto. Doesn't work out for his mom or grandma, whichever it is. She ends up fucking hopped up out of her mind on like uh, Fenner, was it fin- Fenteramine or whatever they give uh, housewives to make them lose weight. Um, Jennifer Connelly ends up in a fucking uh, doubleheader show, which um, is actually a pretty. Uh, interesting scene uh marlon wayans ends up in a southern prison and things don't go too well for them uh jared Leto's arms amputated which that is the most disturbing part of this movie is the fucking jared Leto sticking a needle into a gangrenous arm um yeah this movie really just is not pleasant at all in any way shape or form a fun movie to watch and then last one, uh, worse for last, Solo, or 120 Days of Sodom. Um, this is a movie that basically I think most people just watch because they're dared to watch it. Um, it is, I mean, it's made in like the 70s, I believe. It's definitely oldest on the list. Uh, this movie is wild. Uh, there is a scene, I mean, so there's a lot of scenes in this movie where it's just so fucked up and it's really it it, the reason i'm putting this on here as opposed to like movies like you know serbian film and all those other fucked up movies is that there actually is like a meaning to this movie it's basically like shitting on um (laughs) which quite the uh uh you know connection there but shitting on um like italian fascism mussolini like it's set during world war ii and during you know like the height of Mussolini's fascist empire of Italy and it's kind of basically like shitting on that group of people by saying like just basically going through how like depraved they all were and by making it almost like a 
it's hard to say that this is a comedy by any means, but there are parts where you're like, oh, this is just ridiculous for for that reason, to be ridiculous. Now, there is a part in this movie where I would suggest, I would suggest probably don't eat before you watch this movie, because uh, there is a scene in this movie where they are serving uh, lunch, and <laughs> it, um, you know, it's, uh, the food does not look too appetizing. Uh, mostly because that food came out of a big old group of people's rectums. And it is legitimately looks like human shit being put onto a plate and then a big old group of people eating it. Um, yeah. Probably skip that scene if you're, if you got all, you know, a queasy stomach, uh, which I do. So I definitely had the old, uh, you know, that going on watching it. Uh, yeah. So anyways, if you ever, if you want your day ruined, actually make it a challenge. Watch all four of these movies in a row in one day. (laughs) Go ahead and do that and see if you have any faith left in the world. Now, I, I mean, obviously I would not recommend doing that. I mean, I've watched these movies I've watched over like a year long period and it has still, I think, done, done some damage to my brain. So... Yeah, I'm probably not going to be doing that anymore. Just kind of learned my lesson. But I just wanted to give somebody a taste, give you all a taste of like kind of what I've been up to <laughs> and what it has done, uh, you know, what it may have uh, done to me over the past like year of watching this shit. Now, granted, they're just movies. I mean, it's not fucking real. Like, I'm not going to be looking up, you know, I ain't going to rotten.com, which no one else should either. But I'm not going to that, like, I can't do that kind of stuff. I mean, I can kind of handle it in a movie, but even then, like, the movie has to at least be kind of good. Like, there's a movie called The Skin I Live In, which was kind of a an alternate for this list. That is, an in, it is amazing. It's one of the best movies, like, I mean, it's one of the most, like, suspenseful, just great revenge movies, but with a wild twist to it. And I'm not going to spoil that one, because if you haven't seen The Skin I Live In, which is a Spanish film with Antonio Banderas, where he is a cold, like, like basically a Spanish Hannibal Lecter, but like, like Hannibal Lecter mixed with like Dr. House? No, that's not even really it. I mean, he's a surgeon, so like, I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, it's, an, it's a fucking incredible movie. And if you haven't seen it watch that movie but it's you know decently fucked up too so i'm just saying you can have movies that are fucked up and they still be pretty like really good movies eight millimeters kind of fucked up i mean it's like eight millimeter may as well be a pixar movie compared to this you know this shit but like that's a great movie it's just real fucking dark and weird so anyways this was not a good idea i i um I am already going to apologize to anyone who has somehow made it this far into the podcast. Um, I shouldn't have brought up any of this shit. And I will try to do better from here on out. So, anyways, let's go ahead and move on. Introduce a new segment where, you know, keeping in the movie vein, I'm going to go ahead and um, start doing a little movie review segment. I'm going to take a movie 
and tell you basically why you should watch or not watch this movie. Uh, hence, basically, de the definition of what a fucking movie review is. So, yeah, time to go ahead and do that. Okay, so time to introduce uh, the Cody Tucker movie review segment where I take a movie, maybe a modern movie, maybe not, and I review it, and that's basically that. So the first one, so going back to the uh, mid-90s, a time in which Bill Clinton was president, Hadn't quite started, you know, sniffing the seats of his interns. Um, Soviet Union had recently collapsed. Kurt Cobain, uh, I think, died right around when this movie came out. You know, life was interesting. And a movie came out, a sequel, that I believe has made more of an impact on film than almost any movie ever made. And, I mean, it's just a, a real good, heartwarming story about losing oneself and then finding oneself. And that film is D2, The Mighty Ducks. So, D2, The Mighty Ducks, starring Emilio Estevez, or Emilio Estevez, Keenan Thompson, Joshua Jackson. Uh, that's really about it. I think Jesse Smollett might be in this movie. Actually, he's definitely in the first one. I can't remember if he's in the second one. So there's a there's a name that you that when I watched the first one for sure I was like oh shit <laughs> I didn't expect to hear that name in the credit. Um, so D two the Mighty Ducks is the story of taking. So if you just a little brief overview of the first one, just so, you know, you aren't too lost. Uh, the Mighty Ducks, it's a group of uh, kids living in the uh, District 5 area of, I believe, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And they're part of, like, the city's peewee hockey league. They are the kids from more of the lower income area, so they can't afford the nice equipment, blah, blah, blah. And they just get the shit beat up. They're getting scores run up on them, you know, double digits versus uh, goose eggs. Every single game. Uh, very much misfit kids. In tandem to this timeline, a fellow by the name of Gordon Bombay. Uh, guy moving his way up in the uh, law world as an attorney. Has a bit of a booze problem. And he ends up getting a DUI. Part of his, uh, part of his community service is, Hey Gordon, you used to be a peewee hockey legend. Um, how about you become the coach for District 5? And Gordon Bombay is a real kind of, you know, hoity-toity scumbag. He uh, doesn't really give a fuck. He's basically trying to teach the team how to cheat their way into, you know, winning games. He's also having to go up against his former childhood coach who basically, like, ruined Gordon Bombay's love for hockey by basically making everything about winning and not about the love of the game. So the love of the game is a very important uh, a very important part of this world uh, and the storylines of D1, D2, D3. Now, 
they end up going to have success. Gordon finds, you know, new love for the game, helps the kids, you know, unite together to become amazing hockey players. There's D1. D2, the Mighty Ducks. We now have Gordon Bombay, who has, you know, become highly beloved by his team. Uh, pretty sure banged old Conway's mom. Now he gets a chance to go try out for the minor leagues and is going to go play in the minors. Somehow, a five foot one, uh, damn near 40 year old Emilio Estevez almost makes it to the NHL. <laughs> but, uh, you know, last game of the uh, minor league season before he's about to make his return to the NHL for the uh, North Stars, which is hilarious to watch. You're like, God damn, there, there did used to be the North Stars. Um, he ends up uh, getting injured last, damn near what they make seem to be the last play of the game. And, well, his career's, his future in the NHL is now done. So, time to take your ass back to Minneapolis, sleep on the old German man's couch. He then gets invited to become the coach of, coach slash ambassador for the U.S.'s uh, goodwill games where they're going to have teams from all over the world come and play hockey and they want him to be the coach for the USA's team. Now they already have a group of people, but Gordon knows, aha, I have a group of kids that, you know, now are starting to go through puberty. They're probably all starting to get pretty jacked and they can play some fucking hockey. So he goes, rounds up the boys and girls, brings them in. And then now they have to go, and meet up with who the Team USA people want on there. And uh, needless to say, tensions begin to arise between the original Mighty Ducks and the new guys and girls. Now, in this new guys and girls group, you got um, really a bunch of people that nobody gives a fuck about, except it has uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez from 1993's Sandlot. So, you know, there's a nice little face you see, and you're like, oh, shit, I remember him. So now they're coming together. Tensions arise. They don't. They don't like each other. Something needs to um, unite them as a team. And of course, the villain shows, and the villain ends up being the coach of the Iceland team. Now you know he's a villain because his hair is slicked back. And any time in a movie where a person with an accent has their hair slicked back, they are a villain. <laughs> <laughs> and so the coach of the Iceland team, boy, he hates America's team for seemingly no reason. Gordon Bombay doesn't seem to be an asshole to him or anything. He's just a tall Icelandic fellow with slick back hair. Kind of looks like Viggo Mortensen a little bit. Sort of a knockoff um, Viggo Mortensen, if I had to say. Now, that kind of helps somewhat unite the team of like, oh, okay, we have a common enemy. They end up still not really fully united and having some issues and they end up <laughs> kind of getting their asses kicked by the team from Trinidad and Tobago <laughs> and that's not I am not making that up the there apparently is a a real uh, dark horse candidate juggernaut team from the Caribbean island of Trinidad and Tobago who <laughs> is able to fucking Okay, so, yeah, there's that. And then their fans are playing steel drums in the stands. 
and I think grilling like jerk chicken and shit. And I that might sound like I'm being racist. That is legitimately what's going on in the movie. Um, I I'm not making that up to sound you know like a piece of shit. So Trinidad and Tobago team they <laughs> pull one out on the old U.S. And now that's really starting to make some problems. Gordon Bombay at this time has, um, you know, he's starting to get a little bit of promotional money. Uh, they have him living in this fucking mansion. He's, you know, all the sponsorship money. Corporate world is starting to infest its way into his pure love of the game. And now Gordon Bombay shows up. And guess what he has done? Hair used to be, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas-esque, you know, parted down the middle. His hair is now slicked back. So now you know he is also becoming a villain. Because slicked back hair means you are a villain. And Gordon Bombay starts being all about business, all about winning, winning, winning. Not about the love of the game. And that starts to turn the team against him. Now, at this time also, Gordon Bombay is starting to try to, you know, get a little uh, stank on his hang low by hanging out with the physical trainer slash nurse slash, you know, whatever of the Iceland team. Very hot, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed, kind of, you know, Aryan wet dream woman who... You know, Emilio Estevez, Gordon Bombay, he, yeah, he's trying to fucking plow, plow that ice. And he's learning all about the history of Iceland. Oh, Iceland isn't covered in ice? Wow, that's crazy. Greenland is not covered in green? It's the opposite? Wow, I'm learning so much from you. Um, some of the players catch this and are like, oh, this little motherfucker's fraternizing with the enemy. He doesn't care about us at all. So now, team is in shambles. A lot of... Uh, you know, disillusion between the uh, players, coaching staff. Uh, you got corporate world coming in. Um, players are turning on each other. It's really starting to turn into, like, it's starting to turn into basically like the Buffalo Bills of hockey. Actually, more so Las Vegas Raiders of hockey. Uh, Gordon Bombay is kind of starting to turn into the Josh McDaniels of uh, Pee Wee hockey. Now, all of this starts to happen. Players are kind of getting fed up. They're thinking, maybe we've lost the love for the game. Enter young fellow by the name of Keenan Thompson. Keenan Thompson, a bit of a rabble-rouser amongst the uh, young fellows on the Mighty Ducks team, who is now Team USA. Um, and he basically says, you know, my guys out here on the streets could beat y'all's asses any day. So he has them come out and they play a little street hockey. And now his fellas who live in, as they mentioned multiple times, South Central L.A., <laughs> uh, reinvigorate the team. Give them a new uh, meaning of, you know, give them, you know, a new passion, a new goal. Uh, they become united. They bring in Keenan Thompson, who apparently growing up in South Central L.A. is very easily able to translate roller skating skills to ice skating skills, which as someone who has tried both, uh, they're not the same. But Keenan Thompson's able to come in, and now we got this whole, you know, because in a movie, when your team's not doing good, what you do to 
you know, add a little pump to the team and get them, you know, ready to go out there and, and win, you find African-American people. I am just saying, if you look up damn near any movie that involves <laughs> sports and there's a team that starts just kind of not working well, they will tend to just add a black kid to the team. And then now they are suddenly juggernauts. <laughs> Remember the Titans. Longest yard, D2 Mighty Ducks. Um, but it works. Now they end up, you know, saying, fuck this. You know what? We aren't some sponsored team. We're Mighty Ducks. And here comes the duck quacks. <laughs> Emilio Estevez, who now basically the team has ran off, a la Josh McDaniels. He comes back into the stands, basically like kind of pleading, can I be your coach again? Now, what does he look like now? Is his hair still greased back like an Iceland coach? Uh-uh. His hair's back to Jonathan Taylor Thomas, parted down the middle, which lets you know he has now come full circle and is back to being a good guy. He is not slick back hair bad guy. He is parted down the middle, nice mid-90s guy. And so they come back as a team. They're wearing Mighty Ducks jerseys. Not Team USA jerseys. They say, fuck America. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the USA. We're ducks. And, you know, they end up whooping ass against the Iceland team. Basically, everyone finds their way back to the love of the game. And that is basically how D2 Mighty Ducks ends. And that is why I will give it 10 out of 10 quacks. Uh quack 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 one of the greatest movies ever made um easily 100 percent robbed at the oscars i believe that year forrest gump won of the oscars which is a fucking travesty but you know that's that so um yep that'll do it for the old movie review and uh time to move on to what are we doing next where that comes All right, so now we're going to do a little uh, where that come from, where we take a well-known word or phrase, dive into the history of it. Hope you learned something you didn't know. If not, well, oh well. Uh, So we're going to go into a little bit of currency on this one and talk about the currency known as a bit. So a bit is an actual unit of currency. Uh, It's one-eighth of a dollar. Now, where that comes from is actually from Spain and the original Spanish currency known as pieces of eight, where the coin itself could be broke into eight equal pieces. And so you could divide it out and that would be like your change is an, you know, one eighth of that piece of that coin. Um, So pieces of eight in Spanish is pesos de ocho, which pesos de ocho is where we get the word pesos for the Spanish currency. Um... So those pieces of eight, an eighth of a dollar, well, an eighth of a dollar is 12.5 cents. There is no U.S. coin that is 12.5 cents. So instead of having one bit, which is 12.5 cents, they would just double it and have two bits, a quarter. So a quarter is two bits. It's 25 cents or two units of 12.5 cents. So a quarter being pretty low amount of money that's where we get the phrases like that's where so that is where it comes into play with it being known as like two bit so that's where two bit comes from 
So like a quarter is two bits. So like a two bit hustler, two bit gangster. Uh, I'm sorry, a two bit hustler, two bit gangster, uh, two bit operation. Like all that shit being referred to as two bit comes from the fact that an eighth of a dollar from pieces of eight is uh, 12.5 cents. Make that into a quarter, two bits. So that is where two bit comes from. So, yeah. Thought that was pretty interesting. Now time to move on to a little bit of old half-ass history. All right, it's time for a little bit of the old half-ass history. First story we got for you today, one of the craziest coincidences ever. So it's about a fellow by the name of George Story, which, I mean, maybe some people know that name. I would imagine most people do not know who George Story was. So to tell the story of George Story, first start with uh, the magazine, Life Magazine. So... In 1936, Life magazine uh, published their very first issue. And for their first issue, they decided to basically do an ex to do. So for their first issue, they decided to kind of cover the birth of a random baby in America, knowing that what they would do is do like a frequent periodic update on that person's life throughout their whole life. And that would be Life Magazine. That would be part of why it would be Life Magazine. So in 1936, Life is issuing their first, uh, or Life Magazine is doing their first issue. And the baby that they choose, a young boy named George Story, which is already kind of a bit of, it was already a coincidence. This fucker's name is George Story. So in 1936, baby George Story is born. Life Magazine does a, you know, cover article about George Story. And they just periodically, throughout George Story's life, they would go back, find out what George Story's up to as a kid, you know, kid or toddler to kid to teen to young adult to adult, all through his life. They're just doing periodic updates to see what's going on with George Story. And that's kind of like, you know, it's actually a pretty interesting thing that Life Magazine was doing. So, fast forward from 1936 to the year 2000. In the year 2000, Life Magazine is is announcing, so in the year 2000, Life Magazine announces that they are going to be discontinuing the publication of the magazine, that in the coming months, it's going to be done, like we're done with Life Magazine. Well, after the announcement is made, before the final issue is released, but after the announcement is made that they are going to be ending, George Story the person that they have been periodically following since 1936, since his birth in 1936, dies. So Life Magazine (laughs) announces that they are going to be ending publication. George Story dies right after that. So the last issue of Life Magazine, that's what they cover for the last issue, is the death of George Story. So the first issue of Life Magazine, George Story's birth. Last issue of Life Magazine, George Story's death. Crazy. So that's the story of George Story. Alright, let's do the... Alright, so now we're going into a little bit more of a uh, (laughs) National Enquirer tabloid direction. But oh well, it's interesting as shit to me. So it involves the writer 
uh, and playwright Oscar Wilde. So Oscar Wilde, a famous Irish author slash playwright, probably most famous for a picture of Dorian Gray, uh, the good old, you know, high school reading. Um, Oscar Wilde, very, very famous slash infamous person uh, of, you know, the late 1800s was decently openly homosexual, which got him into some real hot water back then. Oscar Wilde is a fascinating human being. But yeah, Oscar Wilde also real gay. And Oscar Wilde ends up going on a speaking tour of the U.S. His like mission for this speaking tour is that he wants to meet who he considers to be one of his idols, Walt Whitman. Which Walt Whitman, famous for like um, Leaves of Grass, writing these amazing poems about Abraham Lincoln and his like courage during the Civil War. Walt Whitman is like an American poet genius. And Oscar Wilde is a massive fan of Walt Whitman. Well, Walt Whitman doesn't really give that much of a shit about Oscar Wilde. He's like, I don't really give a fuck about meeting this young guy. Which you have to remember at the time, Walt Whitman's like well into his 60s. Oscar Wilde is real young. So there's a big age difference between these two. And so it's natural that Oscar Wilde would look to Walt Whitman as being like this, you know, kind of legend. And Walt Whitman would just be like, yeah, this is just some young writer that I don't really care that much about. Well, Oscar Wilde ends up having his like manager basically set up a meeting with him and Walt Whitman where they would meet together and Oscar Wilde would get to talk to Walt Whitman, one of his idols. Well, during this meeting, there's Walt Whitman, Oscar Wilde, and Oscar Wilde's, uh, you know, basic publicist, manager. And at one point, Walt Whitman and Oscar Wilde excuse themselves and go upstairs. (laughs) When they (laughs) go upstairs... They just start drinking elderberry wine and getting trashed and apparently spend hours talking about how much they hate having sex with women. (laughs) Well, one thing leads to another and most likely a, you know, 60 plus year old Walt Whitman and a young Oscar Wilde made sweet, passionate love. And it became like kind of a thing where people were like, oh, that's real weird. (laughs) Like Walt Whitman's a beloved person in the U.S. And not that he like, you know, that that should change that. But in the late 1800s, that was a pretty fucking crazy thing. So apparently Walt Whitman and Oscar Wilde got, you know, real wild, which, you know, pun intended, I guess. So... Oscar Wilde ends up basically writing all of this stuff about it. Like, Walt Women, I don't think, really says a shit to anybody about banging Oscar Wilde. But Oscar Wilde is like, oh yeah, I'm telling. I'm writing about this shit for sure. And at one point, Oscar Wilde even writes, um, I have the kiss of Walt Whitman still on my lips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, pro- arguably one of the greatest writers in Ireland. Irish history, one of the greatest writers in American history, at one point made sweet, sweet 
passionate love. So, you know, I think that's a beautiful story. Kind of gross, but pretty beautiful at the same time, I guess. All right. All right. (laughs) It's that time again. In keeping with the uh, weekly tradition that has started, uh, that, you know, in some ways I kind of apologize for. Uh, It's time for another Steven Seagal story. (laughs) So this one, we're going back to, um, you know, this is just another time where Steven Seagal just couldn't help himself. And I guess let his imagination get the best of him. (laughs) So Steven Seagal claimed that when he was living in Japan... So remember, I've talked about this in the past. At one point, Steven Seagal was living in Japan, operated a dojo that that he says was ransacked by the Yakuza until he beat the shit out of all of them. Uh, It turns out those people were just a couple drunk, homeless Japanese fellas. Um, But anyways, but it is true that Steven Seagal lived in Japan. That is actually something true about Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal says that when he was living in Japan that he was contacted by the Central Intelligence Agency, (laughs) the CIA, which already mixing Steven Seagal and the CIA really sounds like it's going to be a big old load of bullcrap. And uh, yeah, you'd be right. So Steven Seagal says that he was contacted by the CIA while living in Japan. And I'm going to read the quote. So that people don't think I'm making all this stuff up. This is the this is the quote from Steven Seagal. You could say I became an advisor to several CIA agents, met many powerful people, and did special works and special favors. That is word for word what Steven Seagal said about his career in the Central Intelligence Agency. Steven Seagal would also go on to say that part of what that special work and special favors were is that he, (laughs) Steven Seagal claims, that he was highly influential in helping the Shah of Iran flee in 1979 and also did specialized security work for the Bishop Desmond Tutu. (laughs) Steven Seagal's out of his mind. There's no, he, so for the record, he didn't do any of that. He never worked for the CIA. Most likely he has never been contacted. Well, he's probably been contacted by the CIA now. Uh, actually, Steven Seagal probably has a bit of a relationship with the CIA now, um, but it's probably not a good one. So yeah, um, he's a liar. He made all this up. I'm not making it up. Steven Seagal's making it up. But it's a fascinating story nonetheless, and it just adds to the list of crazy shit that Steven Seagal has said publicly. Um, and if you enjoy these, good news, there's a few more. If you don't enjoy them, well, don't watch the last like five minutes of this. <laughs> Problem solved. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Um, thank you so much for watching, and uh, yeah. Until next week.